Hey guys, Walter Fetchick here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section. We've got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassner, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e-sportsbook. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to week five of our NALCS Guess the Lines podcast. Uh, it is week five. It is a week of filled with games that I am super excited about. I think we have a lot of games between teams at the top of the table. Uh, I did my LCS predict rankings earlier, and, and, and just seeing kind of where the stats put some of these teams, I think they're going to be really close in, in a lot of matchups, and you know, I, I can't think of anyone I'd rather share this hype and excitement with than my good friend and co-host, Walter Sadies-Fetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? Uh, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. I got I got the TSM shirt on today because my boys are, are riding a uh, a five series winning streak, and uh, I'm I'm they're looking pretty good. They're looking pretty good. Um, yeah, like I don't know. North America is just like infinitely more entertaining for me, and it's been the one that's challenged my perception on teams. And I've also officially replaced Kiwi Kid as the you know, as a player, I just undyingly love no matter what he does with Keen. I, I have officially made that commitment to Keen that I don't care what you do. I love watching you play League of Legends, and that's all I want to do is watch every single game you've ever played and just, like, just, just enjoy it. Because I think he's a really unusual talent that, especially this split, to me personally, has... 1,000% broken out of the he's just an anti-carry mid lane player. He's just known for the low counter picks. Like, he has been playing standard for two splits now. Even last split, he was pretty much like a standard meta player. And, you know, he's playing pretty well. He's, I think, getting close to that, not the Bjergsen-Jensen tier that's like, you know, S tier, but he's really, you know, risen to that, like, A tier mid laner. Um, and if we played a game of, like, who would you rather? You know, maybe he's, like, the fourth fifth best mid laner in North America, but it's, you know, he's pushing that gap between him and, like, the 6-7 mark uh, quite a bit, so I just, that's, that's how I feel about North America. I love watching Keen, and I love watching North America. Yeah, I, look, I was gonna say, man, uh, you can't really compare your love of Keen to your love of Kiwi Kid, because Keen's actually good. <laughs> like, there's a pretty big gap here between this is true. This the, is... the ledge that you're going out on to, uh, to appreciate this guy, but yeah, look, um, I have been, you know, on the Discord saying that I am very sports entertained by North America. These are not always the cleanest games, but they are entertaining games. And I think it's great to see, uh, you know, certain teams really step up. I feel like the top of the card 
in North America is more competitive than it was last split. Uh, you know, more teams are, are in the running uh, to really be a threat in the long run, there, I would say. Is there a boring team to watch in North America not named Cloud9? Liquid. I, I have no interest in watching them. I have no interest in watching FlyQuest most of the time. Uh, FlyQuest, there we go. Yeah, FlyQuest. FlyQuest is a boring team. Okay, we'll, yeah. we'll do that. Cloud9 and FlyQuest are boring teams. Hmm, that seems like an interesting, like, Hmm, connection between the two of them. Another one of these, you know, red red yarn tails. I'm like, oh, hmm. I, I like watching Jensen play, so I'm going to have to disagree with you there. But you know what? That's fine. We're going to go into our ups and downs for the week. You know, first up, I just want to mention our smart money bets. We went 3-0 and last week. We did. Perfect week. TSM minus 1.5 over Echo Fox. Nailed it. Cloud9 minus 1.5 over Team Liquid. Nailed it. CLG versus Envy's going to three maps. Nailed it. I feel great about it. Go us. So let's, you know, let's give us that up. But Walter. Well, well what would you expect up? from your Guess the Lines World Heavyweight Champion? Come on, <coughs> folks. Like, this is North America. This is my domain. Of course we're going to nail our smart money bets. Like, come on. Yeah, fair. Um, you're, not, you're not wrong. For my up, it's a dual up. I'm going to say uh, Immortals and Dignitas are both getting it up for me this week. Mm. And you're going to go, okay, why Dignitas? But let's talk about Immortals first. Immortals had a, a not like A, you know, not S plus tier. It's not like they were playing TSM and they were playing, you know, Cloud9 at like the peak of their prowess. Like they were playing against CLG and they were playing against Dignitas. But those were the two teams that were tied with them for first place. Those are two teams that have you know improved over the past uh, over the spring split coming into summer these are two teams that have played really well to start the summer split these are two teams that now we have to have in this discussion of like all right if you're tsm or you're cloud nine who would you rather play in the semifinals i keep putting cloud nine up there because it's north america tsm and cloud nine are always in the semifinals they're always in contention to go into the finals like nothing against the other three teams but like those two teams have pretty much been at the top the entire time um yeah. But, like, now we're having this discussion. Would you rather play Immortals? Would you rather play CLG? Would you rather play Dignitas? Envious has sort of creeped up into that discussion. Um, and Immortals took care of business. They had a very convincing series against CLG. The battle of the uh, the jungler trade, which Immortals looks like they came out on the plus side. Uh, and then against the series against Dignitas, um, it was a lot of, like, individual kind of matching up. It was Flame versus Someday. It was uh, Pole Belter versus Keen. It was, you know, Xmithy versus uh, Shrimp. It was the bot lanes kind of duking it out against each other, where Immortals versus CLG was a lot more of, like, the team focus, the macro play, the rotational kind of big picture stuff. Dignitas versus Immortals was more about the individual playmaking, the individual mechanics, how you, you match up against each other, and then Immortals just has a better macro game and a better rotational play later on into the game, and that sort of helped push them through in the two games they won uh so overall immortals has continued to show why they are a top tier team the flame mvp discussion i'm i get it i get why it's happening i feel like it's driven way too much by nostalgia like he's a oh. he's a he's a really good player this year but he's not like the single-handed reason why this team is good like, this is a 1,000% a team effort. And to just, like, pluck Flame out and be like, oh, yeah, this is the guy who's the stud. This is the guy that's the MVP. It kind of feels slightly, like, 
disingenuous. It feels like we just want to give him the MVP just because he created the Flame Horizon. He was this monster in Season 2, and then he disappeared for three years into the wilderness. And now that he's back on a stage and he's performing at, you know, this really high level, it seems like we're kind of trying to figure out a way to uh, to acknowledge that, to acknowledge this long journey he's had. So he probably is going to win it, but I'm not on the flame for MVP hype train. Um, and then Dignitas. Dignitas lost both of their games, but this was... My entire thing about Dignitas, even back in spring, was constant improvement. That was what I want to see, constant improvement, constant improvement, constant improvement. And this week showed that while they aren't quite there yet, that makes me say, yep, these guys are going to be contending for a finals position. Like, that semifinals against whoever they play is going to be four or five game series. Looking at where they started in week one of last split... And to where they are now is like this monstrous improvement. And somehow they made Alltech look good. Like, I can't say anything bad about Alltech this week. Thanks, Dignitas. So those are my two ups for the week, Dignitas and Immortals. Uh, first of all, uh, to address your Immortals point and Flame, uh, my counter argument to you would be uh, he is by far the highest KDA uh, at 5.2 and best goal differential at 10 minutes at 264 for the top lane. So it's not that he's this nostalgia guy. He's playing out of his mind, and the numbers justify this, and specifically so much better than every other top laner right now. So I don't think it's about long journey at all. I think he's playing quite well. And oh, by the way, he was responsible for the two best mechanical plays we saw this week in back-to-back 1v2 and then a 1v3 tower dive in which he managed to get the kill due to insane mechanics. I... I, I couldn't disagree with you more about the whole, oh, it's just a legacy thing. It's not a legacy thing. He's playing very well. I didn't and say that. I did say you he's said playing very, very well. But I feel like we're looking at that and we're saying, well, because he's playing so well, let's just give him the MVP. Like, because he had this, you know, incredible journey. Like, I don't think if he, I don't think if this was like his first split playing, we'd be saying he's the MVP. That's kind of what I mean. Well, I think he would be in the running if it was his first split because I think he's playing better than anyone else at his position by a significant margin, and there's no other position that is as big of a gap between first and second. So, yeah, no, I, I'm just going to have to agree to disagree with you on that. Dignitas, I, I, I will say I, I agree with what you said there. Um, it's very easy to get depressed by the fact that they won their game one and then immediately lost games two and three in both of those series, but we have to remember that they won that game one, uh, and both of those game ones were relatively clean. I, I felt like as, as a whole, you, you can't ask a team like that to necessarily come out on top but we need to see you competitive and we need to see that you have the potential to do it and they did um i i, I think I, I i think they're gonna have to work on some of their mental stuff because it feels like they got nervous in a couple of those game twos uh you know when they had a lead they could have closed on it but they just left too many openings um but you know what that's what we need from them if they're gonna keep growing they need to have those kind of moments they need to learn how to deal with it react to it and, and grow from it so I, I understand everything you're coming from on that point. Let's talk about some downs, Walter. What's your down for the week? <sighs> mm, FlyQuest. They're, they're a terrible team. Like, the yeah. problem is, like, last week was really entertaining just across the board. Like, Phoenix One had, you know, some really good moments. They won a series against Echo Fox. Echo, I mean, I, maybe Echo Fox is the down? Yeah, that was my down. That was a really bad week for Metroflock. The Phoenix 1 series is not good. The problem with this team is it is so much just a 1,000% reliant on Froggen. 
It's just a thousand percent relying on Froggen. And he is he's trying his hardest. He is trying his absolute hardest to solo carry this team. Like, this doesn't feel like elements. This feels like the very last kind of run of CLGEU when it was all the five players, when it was still Yellow P and Crepo and Wicked and Snoop A and like everyone else had sort of fallen off. And Froggen was like, okay, I'm the only guy that's still like top three at my position in Europe. Like, I gotta carry these guys. I gotta carry these guys. I gotta carry these guys. And it just, when the, when his supporting cast just doesn't show up, it's just, it's sad. Because he's he's carrying this team and they have this great early game. And Acadian is a monster in the early game. But once it hits 25 minutes, he does nothing. He is absolutely completely nullified because you can't gank. You can't have interesting jungle pass. It's all now about controlling the map. And he's just not very good at that because his side laners aren't very good at controlling their lanes and controlling wave management and all these other things. Like, it's why Froggen gets to these big leads, and then he's trying to get all these picks, and he gets caught out. Like, that's how every Echo Fox game goes. It's like, 26 to 28 minutes, Froggen's like 6-0-1, 6-0-2, 8-0, you know, 4-2-7 or something, like, ridiculous. And then he goes for this pick where he's, like, hiding around, like, the enemy red buff. And he just gets caught. And it's not... It's not like he gets caught because he's out of position. He gets caught because he's trying to make a play because he understands he's the only playmaker on the team. And then once he gets caught, that's 30 seconds with him off the board. The rest of his team just kind of shrinks back onto their side and cedes the entire control of the map. And then Froggen's fighting this uphill, you know, uphill battle the rest of the way, trying to dodge wards, trying to find these picks. Like, it's fr it, I'd be frustrated if I was Froggen. But at the end of the day, like, he still looks like he's having fun. This looks like a team that's having fun together. It's just the supporting cast is not consistent enough and really needs needs to step it up. Like, they need a new top laner and they need a new AD carry. I think Gate and I think Acadian are fine. I think Acadian can learn the macro game stuff, uh, the, the late game kind of, you know, manipulation of jungle and all that jazz. But, like, when your top laner and your AD carry are this inconsistent... And Keith isn't even a dead... Like, Keith isn't even dead weight anymore. Like, he is kind of pulling his weight. It's just it's not enough. I mean, I, th I mean that's the ultimate problem that this team has is that it's they're they're not getting enough um, from any of these kind of supporting lanes. I Keith is not a good League of Legends player, and we're seeing I think more and more he's losing lane on average now. He was actually winning his lane uh, up until the last two weeks. Now he's at negative twenty goal differential at ten minutes. Uh, you cannot. As an Echo Fox team, this is the point that we made about them last week, where they had the best early game in the league, but they also had the longest average game time. So they were very good at playing in the early game, but they couldn't know how to close. Uh, this week, their early game was not very good. Uh, they went from first, now they're down to fifth in the early game rating, and it's still above 50%, but much less of a gap to, overall. To be fair, though... Phoenix, Mike Young is amazing in the early game, and he just outplayed Acadian, and then Sven Scared has come back to life on TSM. Yeah, I'm not necessarily sure that Acadian being outplayed by Mike Young is, is something that I would be okay with as, as an Echo Fox fan. Acadian's had a, a whole split, an, a half at this point. That was Mike Young's third series as, as an LCS player. And I like I like Mike Young. I'm, I'm watching a lot of his film. I, I want to get a better handle on him as an individual, but he is flawed. He's not a perfect jungler. No one in their first split is. And Acadian should have been able to do more He's playing there. just like Acadian in his first split, though. He is playing just with... He has nothing to lose. 
He's like, I'm playing in the LCS, this is amazing. Like, he is just playing all-out solo queue aggression, which is exactly what Acadian did last split. And the difference is Acadian is now slightly more mature, so his aggression has been slightly tempered. And that was the difference in that series, was Mike Young was like, I'm going to make a play, I don't care what happens. And you can tell Acadian has that half a second thought of like, okay, what's the outcome if I do this? Which is good. That's what I want from a young jungler. I want him to start thinking instead of just blindly doing things. Because when you just blindly do things for the beginning of your career, you come to, you know, six splits into it and you're Svenskaren who blindly invades when his lanes are pushed against him. Like, things like that. So I'm okay with seeing Acadian kind of cool off slightly. But you're looking at two teams that had, you know, brutally better early games because one... One's a rookie that just was going like, ah, I'm going to do whatever I want because there's no consequence really. And the other is this veteran player that keeps getting Lee Sin and teams keep giving Bjergsen Syndra and they're like, okay, this is like our bread and butter combo. It's like giving Reckless Kennen. Why do you keep doing this to yourself? So I don't think Echo Fox, like Echo Fox had a bad early game because I think they were playing against two of the best early game teams in the league. Phoenix won his eighth in early game rating at 45.4. And, and how terrible were they in the early game with Inori? It's not actually that big of a difference. They were they were about the same uh, for the last couple of weeks. Their early game is, I mean, it was better this week in that series. Uh, it was not very good in their next series. It was good because Echo Fox played badly. It's a, that's, that's the bigger problem. I mean, yeah, sure. Canadian, maybe 1v1 is going to be a little bit smaller. But if you can't take advantage of... Uh, of the, this Phoenix One roster, if you can't take advantage of these terrible laners on that end, Zig is playing terribly. Ryu's playing terribly. You you need to find ganks. You need to find opportunities. I don't I don't think I, I don't have the same uh, break for them what? that I think you're you're going to give them. But I'm that's, just giving Acadian a break because I think that's... he's actually really good. But when your solo when your side lanes do nothing, there's only so much a jungler can do. And if, if you're doing nothing against Zig, you're going to have a bad time this season. That's that's not a great sign for them. Yep. But uh, we're going to move on to uh, the games. We're finally, let's get into some series here. First series of the week, I think a, a long-awaited series. Uh, you know, we want, the rematch is finally here. TSM versus Cloud9. Two long-term titans of the North American scene. Uh, I would say TSM's second most important rivalry uh, in, in League of Legends history, behind CLG, uh, T, you know, which oh. that just has the history behind it. Come on. We've had this argument before. Yeah. We've had I'm, this argument before. Well, either way, this is a big game. This is a big series. Uh, what are you most looking forward to? What, Do what's teams the continue to let Svenskaren play Lee Sin? Like, that's the only champion that he's shown like oh I know how to do this and be intelligent like like I said bringing double lift back totally changed TSM's play style and the meta is perfect for it because the meta is pushing lanes the team that gets the push the team that controls the the where the minion wave is in the laning phase they get to control the map and TSM is the best team at the wet in the west in the early game when they get to control the positioning of the minion waves when they get to place it just inside the wall for river so just uh just at that edge where the enemy tower is and where river opens up when they can freeze that right there and force the enemy uh, whether it's the top laner or the 80 carry to kind of sit in between their tower and that edge where river starts that allows them to control so much of the map and really plays into Sven Skarin's strengths 
Cloud9 have been a team that are like, okay, we're going to concede that. Like, they don't like playing with pushing waves because they know that their strength is in that mid to late game when they team fight. And TSM is also pretty good at the mid to late game team fight as long as Double Lift doesn't do, you know, I'm going to try and kill Crown's Victor. Oh crap, I got two shotted. Like, things like that, which Double Lift is going to do. That's just him as a player. Fine, whatever. But it does seem like Cloud9 is just so willing to sort of seed the laning phase that I'm afraid if they also give TSM really comfortable champions. Syndra. Syndra's not... Re like, Syndra's a champion that we are synonymous with Bjergsen, but just because he's playing it recently, he was like a one-trick Syndra player when he was playing on Copenhagen Wolves. Like, when he burst onto the scene, that was his champion. That was something that everyone banned against him because they were that frightened of it. And here we are, six, seven splits later, and teams are like, ah, let Bjergsen play Syndra. Like, ah, whatever. No big deal. Like, okay. And you're also going to give Lee Sin to Svenskeren, by far his best champion, and a champion that allows him to do so much. Uh, I just think TSM are running on all cylinders. I know Cloud9 are on their, you know, their own little bit of a hot streak, but they played four weeks ago. They played in week one, and TSM crushed them. Like, it wasn't it, a close series. And, and again, I hate reiterating this point, but Cloud9, for them to get better as a team, one of their three you know, kind of carry players, 80 carry, top and, and mid. One of those players has to take this massive next improvement, you know, massive next step and become like an S tier. Absolutely, you know, we're talking about them as a top five in the world at their position player or contracts needs to really take a big step up and we have to start discussing him as like one of the best junglers in North America. And I don't see either of those things happening. Well, it's interesting, right? Because contracts has gotten a lot of buzz recently. And I'm not exactly sure what he's done to justify that. Um, I, I mean, I, I think his team fighting is solid for sure. Um, I think his laning phase still has issues. Uh, I, I wouldn't put him above someone like Alira or what X Smithy's doing for this Immortals team. I think there are things you can't necessarily quantify in that same way. The the thing that's most interesting when you look at just the pure numbers for Cloud9 TSM, they basically are built the exact same way. Uh, their mid laners are the stars that have the highest KDA and the most damage and really carry in those team fights. Their bot lane has a playmaking support that, that loves to kind of get those, you know, big moments and an 80 carry that's, that's operating very consistently. Uh, you have junglers that have looked very good and certain champions and not as good outside of them. And you have top laners that have kind of struggled to split. Uh, you know, Hanser has a 2.8 KDA right now. Impacts at 3.0. I mean, that's these are not the same quality of game that we're kind of used to from them. Uh, it feels like the meta has been tough for them to adjust to. So what it really comes down to is who do you think executes this plan better? Uh, and, and when we saw this the last time around, the answer was TSM. Uh, up until this last week, I would say the answer was very clearly TSM. I think Cloud9 had a good week. But all of the numbers tell us that TSM is just doing everything that Cloud9 is doing, but slightly better right now. So I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see if Cloud9 throws out some new tactic here, some new way of playing uh, this this early game. That's uh, kinda... not Cloud9 at all. It's I have not no ex I have no expectation of them to throw out anything new. Absolutely not. They haven't innovated anything since they created Ash Zyra in the bot lane. 
Maybe I'm no. maybe I'm being a little like you know yeah over that, the top that's there, but that's what it, bit... that's what it feels like to me. Like Cloud Nine does not feel like an innovative team anymore. They feel like a we're a late game team fighting team. Let's play to thirty five minutes and win some team fights, and that's it. That's how they feel to me. They don't have an early game. Yeah, I mean it. It certainly is is something that we'll have to see before we can believe. Uh, where do you think the line is, Walter? TSM minus 150. Uh, yeah, you got this one. I was slightly below you. I had TSM minus 145. It is TSM minus 156, which puts Cloud9 at plus 120. I, I think all of that is fair. I think especially given what we saw uh, in their last series, I, I, I think we can expect this to be close. Um, for three maps, we are looking at uh, minus 105. Mm. So not a lot of value there. Um, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to be looking for uh, the TSM 2-0. I, I think this is going to be a close series. So let's let's move on. Uh, we have Phoenix 1 versus Envious. You know, you mentioned Envious as a team that could potentially be in that top-tier discussion, or at least the high mid-card, if you will. Uh, what are you seeing from them that you are enjoying? What's what's the thing that is is helping you kind of believe in this team in a different way? Uh, I, I think it's the they short up the mid lane like Niski and Pyrian are both massive improvements over Ninja. They're they're playing within themselves. They understand that Lyra uh, Lyra is their primary carry, and they're then letting uh, Apollo and whoever what you know whatever mid laner they are play that second and third role. They are not relying on Seraph uh, for anything other than maybe the shot calling but primarily like engage they're putting him on a lot of engaged champions they're waiting for him and hakuo to start fights and then allowing their their damage dealers to really you know do the work but it's not like it's not like they're putting seraph on on rumble or jarvan and saying okay seraph go win us the team fight they're saying okay you're on rumble or jarvan initiate the team fight and then if you die that's okay we now trust our carries behind you to do the heavy lifting so I think that's really been interesting to watch from them as they sort of transition away from like Seraph is our only carry, Seraph is our only carry, to oh yeah, this guy named Apollo who used to be known as Wizfusion back in his Team Coast days is actually a pretty good League of Legends player and has massively improved over the last year. Um, they're, they're just being themselves. They aren't trying to be anything other than this envious roster. Um, and the fact that they're so willing to go to Niski, the fact that we didn't see Pyrian at all last week and Niski got to play both series was kind of refreshing because now they've proven we have two mid laners that in the offseason were, were question marks, were wild cards. No one really knew, like, how well are they going to fit in? And now it seems like they have two guys that both can play at the LCS level, that both can perform. So, you know, it, they're just fun to watch. They are, they are now team envious. They have come up with their identity, and they're like, this is how we play, and now it's fine-tuning it. They remind me a lot of like late-season uh, late Dignitas from the summer, where they finally have come into their own. They finally understand how their players all interact with each other, how they want to play, and are just playing like that. They're drafting like that. They are, try they are now trying to force teams to play Envious's game as opposed to, you know, playing from behind and saying, okay, Lyra, go solo carry for us. So it's just been refreshing to watch. It's been nice to watch. I, I mean, I think the key phrase you just said there was playing Envious's game. Like, we have an Envious game. Like, that's something that last split, they had a very one-note, you know, 
let's see how far Lyra can carry us. Um, now we have this more team-based style. We have different players who have really stepped up. I, I'm going to point to Hakuo. I think Hakuo is the third best support in the league right now. He's been playing out of his mind. I mean, he's not smoothing a Biofrost level, but he has been their key initiator. 73.6% kill participation. Uh, he's not dying. Uh, he's done very well in lane, uh, really helping get Apollo ahead to the point where Apollo's winning lane now. That's something we're not used to saying about him. Well, Walter, uh, let's let's have a little bit of fun here. Where uh, where do you think on, a, on one to ten, where does Envious end up on the early game rating? Early game rating? Yeah, where's their early game right now in the league? I feel like I'm gonna say it's one, but I'm gonna say like three or four. It's first. It is indeed first. They have a 58.6 right now. They have the best juggler in the West, so... They have, yeah, they have the best juggler in the West. They have uh, Hakuo, who's done so much uh, better in lane. And, and even, you know, you look at uh, you look at Seraph, and he is, you know, his laning has never been his problem. Um, but when you have so many you know, different lanes that are now actual threats, he's actually given the freedom to lane and then can kind of transition into those team fights. So... It's it's been fun to watch. Um, the numbers say that this team is better than the record right now. Yeah, that which is that's why I'm like inclined to include them in that. You know, uh, again, I say you know TSM and Cloud Nine at the top because it's always TSM and Cloud Nine at the top. But really, I feel like it's TSM, and then there's the clump of all these other five teams. And like I could see any of these five teams against TSM in the finals, but I can even see like any of those five teams against each other in the finals. If this is finally the first split that TSM isn't in the finals, like this is a, like you said in the intro, this is a really good like group of six up at the top here that can all contend for at least a final spot. Sure. Do I think Dignitas or Envious winning the entire thing is highly unlikely? Yeah, but I can see a title card in Boston saying, you know, Cloud9 versus Team Envious for the NALCS championship. Yeah. I, I'm going to say top five because I think Dignitas is overperforming based off the numbers that we're seeing from them. I think they're not quite there yet. But I do think, I mean, the top five is very solid. And I think that this is going to be really fun to watch Envious kind of continue to develop and continue to, you know, find those moments. Uh, where do you think the line is, Walter? Uh, I have Envious at minus 175. Okay, you got this one as well. I have a feeling this is going to be a running trend for this uh, this week. I said Envious minus 160. It's Envious minus 208. The, the casinos believe, uh, or at least don't believe in Phoenix 1, depending on how you want to look at it. Phoenix 1 plus 155, which I think is solid value for them. Um, only what's, what's three maps here? Three maps is plus 105. I like that line. I, I think it's... I think the problem with Phoenix 1 is that the casinos bounce so wildly with them um, just because of how, like, they were a really good team last split and then all of a sudden they were terrible. So they, you know, massively overcompensated. So it feels like they pushed them a little too far and now, you know, are struggling to bring them back to probably where they really are in terms of, like, value. But, yeah, I, I, that's not, like, the worst line I've ever seen. That's, like, a semi-reasonable position. No, I, I think I think it's plenty reasonable because I think the answer is Envious is really good. So let, let's move forward to Saturday's games. TSM versus Immortals. I think this is a, the actual series. Of the week. I, I think that Cloud9 versus TSM has the name to it, but I, I really want to see 
how TSM and Immortals stack up against each other. This is something we have not seen yet. Um, what are you... Let, let's talk about this, because this is our teams going head-to-head. This is our rivalry here. Mm-hmm. What are you most afraid of from Immortals as a TSM fan? Uh, it's not even afraid. It's that the New Age Bash Brothers of Ixmithy and Flame are just going to camp the living hell out of Hauntzer. Because that's what teams have done all split. Is They're like, all right, we're just going to go after Hauntzer. We're going to go after Hauntzer. We're going to go after Hauntzer. So how do we counteract that? I want to camp Cody, Sung, and Ale. Like, this this needs to be a double-if pop-off series where he goes, I'm the best AD carry in North America. Here's freaking why. Like, yeah. he needs to stomp this bot lane. Him and Biofrost have not looked as good as they did in the uh, in the summer when they first got together, and you could tell like it was a master apprentice thing. Like Biofrost is a better player now. Like unleash him. Ali is really aggressive, and while he's been getting caught out of position less and less, you can catch him out of position in lane. He does step forward. He does try to like engage on these plays, and you can take advantage of that. Double lift is probably the most aggressive AD carry in North America. He is one of those guys that is going to challenge you for every CS. He's going to challenge your support every time they step up to try and threaten him. And he is really good mechanically in lane where he can dodge a lot of hook. He can dodge a lot of skill shots. He can dodge a lot of thresh hooks or blitzcrank hooks. And he's very smart with his flash usage and only uses it when it's absolutely necessary. Like this is a series where like if TSM can set up and get like Rakan and Zaya. It could be over for Immortals just because of the amount of flexibility and the laning strength that those two champions allow them. Something like Thresh for Biofrost. Again, really aggressive in the laning phase. Really try and push these guys off. Um, that's how I would counteract Smithy going top. Because I truly think that's Immortals' deciding playstyle is have Smithy go top, have him get flame moving into this massive laning phase where he just builds up these tremendous leads because he flame horizons people. That's kind of his thing is the laning phase. Um, and, and just kind of, you know, see that put haunts around something that will be, um, not, I don't want to, like a Fiora, I don't want a cannon. I want like Chet. I want something that he can kind of get beat up in the early game, but still have a presence in the, in that kind of mid to late game spot and really just kind of go all in on Bjergsen and double lift being your two workhorses in this series. See, and this is exactly why I don't, as, as an Immortals fan, I don't want to see them hard camp Hauntzer. I don't think that's going to work out for them. Uh, you know, that's not how the team has played to this point. You know, Xmithy spends, you know, two-thirds of his time ganking to the bot lane right now. That's where he's been spending more of his time and energy around the map uh, when you look at the proximity chart that Riot put out there. Um, and I think you got to continue with that. I understand that, you know, the inclination to do it. I, I think that certainly that's what a lot of teams have done against Hauntzer recently. But TSM's been fine at weathering that storm. And I, I think they're perfectly happy putting Hauntzer on something that can have an impact, regardless of whether he's ahead or not. So so I hope that they don't fall into that trap. I do think that's a trap. Uh, I want to play a game but, with you, Walter. But, but the, prob- like, the problem is, I agree with the proximity thing, but the thing is, Immortals, Xmithy's like, first two or three ganks are to the top lane. Like, that's... if you watch them, his first two ganks are to the top lane, and that's not when Double Lift and Biofrost are, can just completely take over. It's going to be, like, level two and three where Biolift where could just hit one hook, and the laning phase is over for Cody, Sung, and Ali at that point because you get a, you get a kill, you get the summoners out, and then Spence Garrett is going to start the constant onslaught of coming bot, coming bot. You're going to get the TSM five-man tower dive on the bot lane. Like, 
Xmithy can't be on the top side of the map at level two or three. He needs to be on the bottom side so that when by uh, when TSM go for this, we're going to get this first blood and get it out of the way and start pressuring you that way, that he can then be there to counter it and try and get a kill for his bot lane. That That's what I'm focusing on is that very first gank can't be topside. It has to be bottom to protect Cody, Sung, and Ale from this very early, you know, level two, level three power spike from TSM. That That's kind of more where I'm going with it. I agree with that, but okay. I don't think that he does go in the top lane. Flame last uh, in the Dignitas series didn't get a single gank in the early game. He he had to outplay the 1v2 because that's where Dignitas put their effort. He went to the bot lane. So I think certainly uh, he's had moments where he's ganked for Flame, but most of the time he's focused on getting that bot lane going. And and the results have been uh, very interesting. Let, let's play uh, everyone's favorite game. Guess the player, Walter. Okay. I've got 280 carries here for you. Player A has a 5.0 KDA, 69.7% kill participation, 74 gold differential at 10 minutes uh, for a damage per minute of 536 and 297.1 earned gold per minute. Player B, 4.9 KDA, 67.2% kill participation, 156 gold difference at 10 minutes, uh, 513 damage per minute, 297.6 earned gold per minute. So very similar in resources, very similar in damage. Uh, one is a little bit better in lane, but the other one is a little bit more cohesive in team fights. Who am I talking about here, Walter? What is the... Which one's the laner? That's A, right? Uh, B is the, the better laner. B, is uh, the B better had a guild differential of 156. A was 74. B is double lift. A is Cody Song. That is correct. And I, I think that right now you're looking at both players have played nearly identical splits in, in terms of what they're doing on a week-in, week-out basis. Uh, and, and that's one of those things where I can't wait to see that matchup so, because I don't think that Doublelift is going to have that easy time to do it. I think that while Biofrost is great at landing on those hooks, Ale is just as aggressive, if not more so, I think, I would argue. Uh, the guy is constantly looking for engages, whether he should or not. Uh, he's constantly that, looking for those fights. So that's, I don't... that's the difference between the two, and that's what I think is going to punish Immortals. Didn't punish them the last time these teams played. Immortals did win when they met earlier in the season. But we will... Um... Earlier in the season. Yeah, it was... It was oh, um... week one. Yeah, that's Week, right. one. week one. Yeah, so I don't, I'm don't. i not worried about that as you are. And TSM's better than they were uh, in week one. TSM has, has worked through some things. But I, I think that that bot lane matchup is going to be very close. Um, and I think whoever can get that first play uh, can do a lot with it. Um, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see who can pull that off. Uh, where do you think the line is? Uh, I have TSM minus 150. I think I over overbought on Immortals. Uh, nope. Neither one of us are getting the point because it's Immortals minus 149. 7-1. 7-1. 7 It's a great team. TSM is underdogs at, my, uh, at plus 115, and we're absolutely taking that for the record. That that has to be done. Yes, yes, we are. Uh, it uh, it might jinx you guys that we're that we're putting that on there, but that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make for the for the sake of and way Chase, too much. You know value. what I'm doing this series, right? Yeah, I know. I know what you're doing. You're and you're gonna put it out on social media, and then you'll get retweets, and it's gonna make me sad, and it just is gonna be what it's gonna be. Um, minus 105 for three maps, so not much value there. This is this is a very 
it, it is not very often that we see TSM as underdogs in the spot, but you know what? Immortals didn't win the last time they met, and they are the top team in the league right now if you look at the standings. So I don't necessarily disagree with the line, even as I was completely wrong at TSM minus 160. Um, I'm happy that Immortals are getting credit. They're, they're playing really well. They deserve it. CLG versus Cloud9. Fans got mad at us last time we talked, and, and we said that this wasn't a rivalry. Supposedly, season six, they felt like that became a rivalry, which I would argue... If it's been less than two years, I, I'm not sure rivalry is the right word for it. But you know what? I, I do think that these teams do really want to beat each other. I think that there's an old guard part of this where they want to be that, at, at the very least, that next in line to the title. Um, and I, I think both of them, you know, they have the two championships. I think they have some pride in that. So it's going to be very interesting to see. We've talked about Cloud9 but uh, earlier in the pod, but what do you what do you want to see from CLG? in this series. Uh, okay, Dardock, please stop screwing around. Can you put together just two games in a row where you're good? Like, <laughs> I, I know, like, last week, I was no. just like, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. Now it's starting to worry me. Like, yeah, I I, I, I watched him every every week last split, man. The answer's uh, no. Now, now it's starting to worry me. Like, you really need to, like, come out in a game two and play just as well as you did in game one. Um, I, that's, I, that, I think, is the difference for CLG. Like, I think that's just the difference is I don't see any difference in the other four players between game one and game two or game three. It's Dardock. Dardock is the only difference in any one of these games. So, I, oh, man, I need to see him play a good game two after winning game one. Yeah. I, I'm not I, sure he can do that. Oh, Dardock, why? So why? this is when I point out CLG <laughs> is tied for uh, – second in deaths per game 13.9 and for a jungler that pops off as much as you know we believe that Dardock does and certainly he has those moments Dardock has the worst goal differential at 10 minutes of any jungler in the league at minus 205 it is I mean one minus 153 excuse me minus 205 is his experience differential at 50, at 10 minutes which is also worst in the league it's not going well He's not playing to the level that we expect from him. And you can argue, like, well, he's doing a little bit better in team fights than we usually expect from him, and I think that is true. I, I think he's certainly not without his value, but he's not in the top half of junglers right now, which I think is something that, you know, when we saw at the very beginning of the split when CLG really popped off hard in the first week, we were expecting him to be that guy. I think... All of the fears that I had based on what I'd seen from him and Immortals have now kind of come to the forefront. And he's having more bad early games than good ones by a significant margin right now. He's he's the kind of guy where I really wish I could see the splits on his stats versus wins versus losses. Yes. Because, like, statistically in wins, he's probably the best statistical jungler in North America in wins. Well, that can't possibly be true because they've won more games than they've lost and he's the worst jungler in an early game. So it cannot be... That his early game is so good in those wins, and then just early game is five times worse than the loss. Yeah, it can't be that bad. It's it's he's. Probably I didn't say best still, early game jungler. I said best jungler statistically. I I have a feeling that his early game has him at best at even in gold differential at ten minutes uh, when you look at his wins because you can't get to that low of a negative otherwise. You just the math doesn't work out that way when you win more games than you lose. So I. I have a feeling that at some point we kind of 
prescribe a definition to a player. Like, we all agree, like, oh, well, Dardock has this great early game because that's what we've seen from him. I I haven't seen that many impressive early games from him. I think they're just split. bad at taking objectives. That also really hurts. Because, like, I'm looking at, like, first dragon, first tower, first three towers, and they're, like, you know, seven in, like, all of those categories. <laughs> like, jungle control, they're eighth. Lane, yeah. lane control, they're tenth. Like, they're a terrible, like, like in terms of, uh, in terms of, like, CSing, they're the worst team in the league, and it comes to CSing, like, over the course of the whole game. Yeah. So... And uh, the second worst team in the league in the early game, uh, 44.5 EGR. Only Dignitas is worse at 39.9, which is <laughs> astonishingly bad. And I didn't realize quite how bad it was. Um, and, and again, this is where, like, eye test doesn't always match statistics. Because I go, like, yeah, Shrimp is a really, like, strong, aggressive early game jungler. And then they're a terrible early game team. Yeah. Like, what do I historically know? bad. What do uh, I know? <laughs> well, look, I... You know, again, we get this idea of who players are, and sometimes that lasts longer than what actually happens on the Rift. Uh, where do you think the line is on this, Walter? I'm going to say Cloud9 minus 130. I said Cloud9 minus 150. Neither of us are getting the point because Cloud9's not the favorite. CLG at minus 130. Cloud9 at even odds there. And that's another one that I feel like we absolutely have to take. Cloud9's a better team. It, CLG is a team that is getting by right now because their team fighting's really good. And Cloud9 has Jensen, who is right now the best player in the league. You know, 8.0 KDA, amazing team fighting presence. I understand your argument of like, oh, well, he's not going to be able to do it in the playoffs. We're not talking about the playoffs. Right now, in the regular season, the guy's been insanely good in every single category that you would want a player to be good. And I think yeah, I guess you being to... you know, I guess being Dan Marino is fine. Sure. Hey. Sure. Stop it. Stop sure. it. Hey. The more the, you the want to be Dan Marino, thing... that's fine. Like I'm just saying, you know. For for this series, I I want Dan Marino in this series. I'll put it that way. I'm yeah, happy it's to a get regular value. Regular season. That's fine. On, yeah, I'm very happy to take value on Dan Marino in a series that they should win. I would say eight out of ten times. E evens minus one fifteen. Uh, it, it's uh. No, even is plus uh, is plus one hundred. Oh, plus one hundred. Okay. Yeah. I got you. I got you. It was, we we have even odds. What's um, uh What's three maps here? Three maps is um it is minus one hundred five. Minus one hundred five. So so no real value there. It's really really close series. I I think I think Cloud Nine is uh, is is a little bit above. Just they 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 do all the things that you want from CLG, but they do it better and they do it with a better early game. So, I'm I'm less apprehensive than you. Let's move on. Echo Fox versus Team Liquid. I don't want to talk about this series very long. I don't think there's a lot to say. Um, is there anything you're looking forward to from this series? Yeah. Uh, so. I, okay, I gotta. Um, Steve, sidebar, right here, you and me. Probably. Oh Inori was a smart move. Got my seal yeah. of approval. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna turn in at anything. But that's the kind of move I want to see you make. Even Conquan, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. the Slushy Golden Glue thing, they're the same player. I'm not okay with that. That's really, like, kind of stupid. But you haven't had very much success when you pull, like, random, you know, Arc Second wasn't that great of a mid laner. Youngbin wasn't that great of a mid laner. Like, fine, I can do that. But, like, kicking the tires on Conquan, kicking the tires on Inori, those are actually smart moves. So I will, I will give you credit for that. 
that is what I want to see from Team Liquid. I want to see them going out and trying to find pieces for next season. And if they're competitive along the way, great. Um, but I really think you guys should go out and look for an 80 carry. You know, just a thought. You know, maybe. Just maybe. I'm not going to let that point, you know, die. But, you know, just yeah. maybe. But I, I will... I can concede when someone does something intelligent. And Steve, you and your organization have made two kind of smart decisions here to kick tires on some players. So Matt's going to be a really good support for someone next split. Yeah. Yeah, he's, no, Matt. He's, him and Adoria are like the two like change of scenery guys where they, I don't think that they're going to turn into anything, but if they did turn into anything, like it's going to be someplace else and I'll totally be okay with eating crow on that. So, Yeah. I I, I, th- so, I have more hope in uh in, in Nori's potential, I think, than you do. Um, I will say, Steve, great move signing him. Uh, starting him in a game when he had fewer than three days to practice with the team was pretty dumb. I, I thought know. that's a terrible start to put you your got, You got to get reps from him. That's Not this early. Okay G- give it a week. I'm only I'm okay. asking for kick, a week. Kick the tires. Like, you need to get some reps out of him. I'm okay J- with that. It jungler needs a little bit more practice with the team. I, I really disliked that move. Uh, I'm with Stillwell on that one. I, I thought it was... Pretty poor management of this guy. That he he needs a confidence boost, and you threw him into a game uh, that he was completely unprepared for because he had no practice with the team, and then didn't do very well. I I did not like that move at all. Uh, where do you think the line is on this, Walter? Echo Fox minus one fifty. Okay, I get this one because I got it almost exactly. I I said Dignit- uh, Echo Fox, excuse me, minus one sixty five. It is Echo Fox minus one sixty seven. Which puts Team Liquid at plus one twenty-five. Uh, three maps is uh, nope. three maps is uh, even odds, so plus one hundred. I I think that's very much in play. I think this I I don't have enough. Don't faith gamble on this game. Don't actively gamble on this game. You're gonna just be miserable. Don't yeah. do that to yourself. No, you don't want to be watching this game having a bet on Team Liquid to win or on three maps. Like you just really don't want to do that. Don't want to do that to yourself. I don't even think Froggen's parents want to do that to themselves. Very fair. So I guess this is time to say stay away. There Thank we go. You. Dignitas you. versus FlyQuest. Anything you want? To, you're excited about in this series? I'm not there- excited. No, FlyQuest is boring. I don't want to watch FlyQuest. I'm almost to the point where I'm just going to watch highlights of their games because eight-minute highlights at double speed tell me everything I need to know about FlyQuest. Uh, I just want to see Dignitas come in and take care of business. You guys, like, showed, like, we talked about it earlier. You guys showed that you could handle being and playing against some of the top-tier teams. This is not a top-tier team. This is a garbage-tier team. This is almost elements-level-tier team. Brush them aside. Move on with your week, please. FlyQuest in every real meaningful statistic um, is the worst team in the league. Moon is going to be a really good jungler for someone else next split, or he's going to be a really good jungler on this team with four new players. Yes. I, I am more inclined to think of the, the latter than the former. Um, I, I think that Moon is a guy that you absolutely want to lock down and hold on to. I don't think any other player on this team is someone that you need to really worry about in the long run. They might keep Wild Turtle just because what other AD carry are you getting right now? Um, so that's gonna that that's the only one I, I could see joining yeah. him. But Moon and Wild Turtle with three new guys is, is a core that I think could be a lot better than what we're seeing right now. Uh, where do you think the line is? I have Dignitas at minus 200. Yeah, I also 
had Dignitas at minus 200. Uh, the casinos like this team uh, a lot more than, than we thought they would. Uh, Dignitas minus 370. FlyQuest plus 260. I think the casinos are done believing in FlyQuest. I think they're fed up. And I, I don't necessarily blame them. I think everyone's done believing in FlyQuest except uh, Arbitrarian. I think she's the only one that still believes in them. I mean, somebody needs to, I suppose. What, what's, it, the, what's the Dig 2 0? Uh, the Dig 2 0. What's the Dig 2 0? Is uh, minus one hundred five. Mm, not worth. Yeah, not not, not enough value it. there. Nope. Um, and certainly we're not going to bet three bets because uh, three maps because I don't think the series is particularly close. Uh, let's move on to Sunday's games. We have uh, FlyQuest versus Echo Fox starting that day. Uh, we've talked about both of these teams already, so I, I don't think we have a lot that we need to add here. Uh, just give me your quick 30 seconds on this game, and where do you think the line is? No. Just no. Just no. Echo Fox minus 130. Cool. Uh, I get this one. I said Echo Fox minus 150, uh, 165, excuse me. Uh, or no, I said Echo Fox minus 150. It's Echo Fox minus 192. So I get the point on that. We're 3-3 with three games left. It's going to be very close here. Um, and yes, I'm more interested in, in which one of us what's, gets the point. What's the fly quad, fly quest underdog as? Plus 145 for FlyQuest. I, I I don't want to bet on this series. I don't, but I, that has some value. Does it? Does it, though? I mean, You really want to put money on FlyQuest winning this in any universe? First of all, this mean that would mean you'd have to watch the series, which I think is already a downside of yeah, gambling. Yeah, they've already lost Echo Fox once, and it was no two. Yeah, this. I just don't know is, who else FlyQuest beats. Uh, they don't. Like we move on, and we just accept that this is the team that they are right now. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on. Phoenix One versus Immortals. This should be fun. Like sneakily. Phoenix One have started putting some pieces together because Mike Young is as good as he is. Chase Flame versus Zig. That's all I have to say. Move yeah, on, please. Sure. That's yeah. <laughs> Flame is really good at League of Legends. Zig is really bad. Like I was going back through a couple of odds because I I'm working on an article about Mike Young, and Zig is really bad. I don't I don't know what happened. Uh, he wasn't always this bad, so it's not like this is. Something that we're like, oh, well, this is this was obvious going into the split. But, I mean, he is making very boneheaded mistakes. It, it, it's not good. Uh, where do you think the line is on this? Uh, I have Immortals at minus 300. Okay, you get this one. There we go. I said minus 280. Immortals minus 500. We're done. We're, we're done, uh, you know, doubting this Immortals team. And, and we're done giving credit to some of these bad teams. Uh, I, I, which I, I think is 100% fair. Uh, Phoenix won at plus 320. Don't stop it. That's, nope. that's yeah. We're, we're going to move on. Dignitas versus Envious. I'm actually quite excited for this series. This is like a sneaky, like, it's not TSM Immortals, but it might it like might be on the same tier as TSM versus Cloud9. Yeah. Like, this seems really close. It's a good series. This is going to be a really good series. It, what, what's the thing you're most excited about? Because I, I have, like, five things that I'm actually excited about in this series. 
<laughs> Every these like these two teams are like the exact same when Shrimp plays. These two teams are almost the exact same in terms of play style, in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. Um, like I said, I jokingly said earlier, like, oh yeah, Shrimp is this early aggressive jungler, and apparently their early game is shite. Um, but like, Envious is a really really good early game team, so this will be a nice like contrast of a team that's super early, good early game team versus a team that's actually a really good late kind of macro game team it'll be really interesting to see what keen and lot are able to do against niski Pyrian, uh and apollo like th this just has the makings of a really good mid card series like if this was for a title belt this would be for like the u.s you know united states title like that's how this series kind of plays out two teams you know four five six area and this is going to be one of the tiebreakers, and this very well might be one of like the quarterfinal matches that we get. It's going to be like Dignitas versus Envious, and I would love to watch a five-game series of that. Yeah, I I'm very excited about it. I'm going to give you a little bit of credit here. Shrimp is not the problem with the early game. He's pretty much dead even in gold differential at 10 minutes. Uh, the problem is that Laud loses lane really badly, minus 211 right now uh, in gold differential at 10 minutes because it turns out Big isn't very good. Who knew? Oh, right. I did. Big's I not good in lane, but he's, like, pretty he's good not, in the team fighting aspect of 2. the game. 2.2 KDA, 68.9% kill participation. He's not very good. He dies a lot. 83 deaths this I don't care if my support dies if he gets me a good initiation. My support could but die a million times if 90, 999,000 of them are good initiations. I, I, I don't think He's absorbing cooldowns. Like, that's what I care about. If, if, if the enemy team is wasting a whole bunch of cooldowns to kill my support, my support is doing his job. The difference is, is he getting killed, like, solo farming by himself, like, you know, solo warding? Like, is he getting killed because he's getting caught out, or is he getting killed mostly because he's initiating team fights and he's going after key targets and that type of thing? And, again, one of those stats that I'd love to see, like, uh, when they brought up Wadid, like, how many times did he die off by himself? I would love to see that stat for big. Yes. I, I, I think that's fair. I I have made my opinion on Big Clear over the years. I, I and I do think uh, we have the best early game team in Envious versus the worst early game team in Dignitas. I want to see what Dignitas tries to do to hedge that bet. Um, the numbers say that Dignitas is overperforming. I'm going to cite the Gold Edge rating here. Uh, they have it at minus six point six six. Gold Edge for those of you who don't remember from last split, it's this measurement of uh, you know, how much of a gold differential there is uh, when the game is at an end. So Dignitas, despite being 13 and 10, on average is behind uh, in gold uh, by a significant margin. Uh, meanwhile, Envious has been underperforming. Uh, they have it at plus 0.96, actually ahead of CLG uh, when you look at the raw numbers, which raw CLG gets kind of dragged down because they have one weird map uh, in every best of three. But Envious has played very well for a 10 and 11 team. Uh, and it, it, I think I, I think this is one of those things where you might get some value here, Walter. Where do you think the line is? Dignitas minus 145. Yeah, so you get this uh, in, in the week because I went Dignitas minus 130. So you're now oh. only one point down in our challenge. I don't like this on the record. Um, I said Dignitas minus 130. It's Dignitas minus 233. We're getting Envious at plus 170, and this is the one I'm forcing you to take this bet. 
Cause on like the dude, you don't have us. to force me to take that bet. That's like a that's like a sign seal deliver bet. That is insane value. That's great. I don't even care if we lose that bet. Like that is just incredible value. I, I think it's two teams is a better that are team. about the same. I I think this is better, and especially that early game matchup is going to be really tough for for Dignitas because sure it might be good, but Lear is better, and. Envious is better at just about every individual lane. Um, all right, all right. All right. With, with the exception of Keen, I think. I, I want to do this. I want to do this. Who would you yeah. rather across the rosters? Would you rather have Someday or Seraph? Uh, someday. Would you rather have Lyra or Shrimp slash Chaser? Would you rather have Niski, Pyrian, or Keen? At this point in their careers, I, I think it's dead even for me. I, I think you either side I would take. Okay. I, I'd say um, any of those three, and I think you would be fine. Apollo or Lot? Apollo. Haku or Bit? Haku. And those I like <laughs> way more than the difference between Someday and Someday. So Sarah if right Envious now. and Dignitas morph together their roster, you would have Someday, Lyra, pick a mid laner, Apollo, and Haku. That would be yeah. a pretty damn good yeah. team. That team would challenge for a final spot. Yeah. I could get in on that team. It would. That team we're, would. So, so we're going to move on. Last game of the, of the week. Uh, another one I don't think we're going to spend very much time on. D team Liquid versus CLG. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I do that out loud? Uh, is there anything that, that Team Liquid can do to make this series interesting for you? Because they have won now two series. They won again last week. Um, and against the Phoenix One team that I thought it had gone better, uh, Slushy had actually a pretty good Oriana game in that game too. I was impressed by that. In between game one and two, they could trade Lorlo to Dar to uh, CLG for Darshan. That'd be a pretty good idea. I think they should do that. I just really want Lorlo and, and Darnock back together. Just really have those two guys back together, and that would make CLG like a little bit more interesting to me because Darshan is just at this point in his career, he's just just exists he's just sort of a body that is like he he is probably about the most average of average league of legends players you could have in the lcs he's like dead center he doesn't yeah. do anything particularly great he doesn't do anything particularly bad he's just like the bar yeah no i it, it's funny because uh lurlo and, and darshan actually have very similar stat lines but lurlo does it with only a 55.1% kill participation uh, because Team Liquid does not actually fight all that much. Their, their kill counts and death counts are quite low mm -hmm. if you just look at it uh, you know, from a per-game perspective, whereas CLG fights all of the time. Uh, so the, you know, Darshan's number comes from that. He gets a lot of kills and assists, but he also dies more. Um, so it, it, it's, very, it, it's very interesting to see. You know, If I'm going to be excited about anything, it's going to be the fact that we have uh, a Team Liquid team that's going to want to fight all of the time. Or, sorry, a CLG team that's going to fight all the time. We have a Team Liquid team that's going to do everything in their power to hold off that fight because the fight's probably not going to go well for them. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm excited to see how that goes. What do you think the line is? Uh, it's a throwaway for me. It doesn't even matter. CLG minus 300. Okay, I get this one because I said CLG fine. minus 320. Uh, and it is CLG minus 417. We are done giving credit to bad teams. That's just where we are. Team Liquid a plus 280. I, I think this line is fair. Um, I don't have any 
anything I, I need to look for. So let, let's pick our smart money bets, Walter. I, I think Cloud9 over T, uh, or I, I should say Cloud9 over CLG, yep. I think we have to take. Yep. Um, and I think we have to take uh, Envious over Dignitas because that is an insane, that that is an absurd amount of value there. What's the, what's the last one you're looking for? I'll oh, TSM over Immortals. Oh, yeah, TSM over Immortals. Here, that was the easiest smart money bet of our life. Wow, yeah, that was that was really nice. Uh, that's a lot of value on those three. And just so everyone knows, I'm going to gamble on Immortals to win this series because I'm a asshole. <laughs> Look, man, uh, you at least admit it, so I, I appreciate that. Um, hedge uh, your bets. Uh, hedge your bet. Never gamble on your favorite team. Always hedge your bet because either way you win. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. But you know what you can gamble on? Uh, your favorite podcast. And hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, what you watched. I hope this was a gamble. You know, yeah, I, I hope that you feel like, well, at the very least, I think it was a winning bet. And if you feel that way, you should hit that like button or comment uh, in, in the YouTubes or on SoundCloud or wherever you're watching us. Uh, come join our Discord if you want to talk to us about all these things on, on a kind of a live basis. It's a great group of guys over there. Um, and, of course, we have... Uh, you know our Twitter, where you can talk to each of us directly. I'm at Redshirt King. If you want to talk to me about anything I said today, Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? So all the salty Cloud Nine and FlyQuest fanboys, y'all already know what my ad is. It's at Sadies underscore LOL, and I don't care. I don't care. That is legitimately how I feel. It's not me being a TSM fanboy. It's not me being like Reginald's a god. Reginald's the greatest mid laner ever. To like, no, that's legitimately how I feel after having watched your rosters. It's not a fanboy thing. It's a personal opinion thing. So let's let's put that to rest. It's like, oh, he just likes TSM. That's why he hates Cloud9. Like, yeah, Jensen's Dan frickin' Marino. Until he wins a championship, he's Dan Marino. Sorry. I. That's fine. I. I. I Dan Marino was a Hall of Fame quarterback. Who never I, won I, a Super Bowl. Hall of Fame. I don't want a Super Bowl. I, 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 I'm pretty happy with Dan. Never Marino. won a Super Bowl. He never won a goddamn Super Bowl. But well, that's what matters, apparently, is winning championships. Jensen has. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're we're gonna wrap up the week with that. Uh, we're, we're gonna get into Rift Rivals next week. Uh, I'm not sure how we're gonna do it. We want to do at least one show. Um, I'm gonna be traveling, so it's gonna be a little bit difficult to, to do too much more than that. Uh, I am very excited because uh, I think Europe is doing quite well right now. And I think that's going to be a, a lot of fun. So so come back when Walter and I get to be prideful of our regions. Goodbye, Internet. You can follow the Rough Drafts podcast on all your favorite social media sites. Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod. Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts, YouTube.com backslash Rough Drafts Podcast, as well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. The Rough Drafts Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at Patreon.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod. And by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.